connect for humans to connect i think it's like properly like it's it's a great thing yeah. it's a good thing for humans to be doing yeah and as the, you guys and are talking can you test your mic? mics please so i can test the levels all right so quiz the kombucha what's the assessment so far yeah, is it the good assessment. is it funky is it weird mm-hmm. good funky bad <laughs> like george no, clinton funky or like, yeah. like doobie brothers funky <laughs> what what style of funk yeah, it's old school. It's old school. It's old school funk. Yeah, it's, it's good. I like it. No, right on. Right yeah. on. And it's it's one. It's not one of the ones that has like the super high alcohol content. Uh, does it have alcohol? Well, it does have. It does have. Tr- I mean, trace, trace, trace amounts because of the fermentation process. So, right. Anytime anything is fermented, I don't know if you ever rock like uh, like kefir or fermented vegetables or anything like that. But in, in the fermentation process of either say a kombucha or even if you're fermenting vegetables, like even sauerkraut, right? There is a certain amount of alcohol that gets released during the fermenting process yeah yeah yeah. but by no means are you going to get you know drunk yeah (laughs) but they do but they do have kombucha beer that's a thing now right where they like take kombucha and they brew it in a similar fashion to the way beer is brewed and it becomes this kombucha beer hybrid right well i'm not i mean i'm not a beer drinker i'm not really a drinker at all but it's fun. Um, yeah, I'm not a big beer drinker either. And I mean, it happens, but I'm more of a like lager, <laughs> la- lager dude. <laughs> I thought it happens. But yeah. This beer just shows up and you're like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll take basically, it. <laughs> I've learned to appreciate a, a Guinness all yes. the time. Because it's like, uh, also, I think. And Guinness is now vegan. It wasn't vegan in the past. True. Wait, true what? That. Yeah. When? I didn't hear this. What do you what? mean? What part I, didn't you hear? About it being vegan. I always thought because it had isinglass in it that all the vegans... I'm going to double check, but I'm almost I, positive years, I heard... Years ago, when, when I first dove into the veganism, they were like, you can't have Guinness. I didn't know this. I think that that, sure. I think that that was the... Uh, yeah, I don't drink it either. But yes, in 2017... I missed this note. It was now... Or 2017, 18. Yeah, it went, it went vegan. I feel yeah. a little embarrassed to admit that I... Um, I've never, I've never had a Guinness in my life. Oh, really? No. Maybe you should go to Ireland before it's you really have fun. one. It's really fun. I was going to say that's a great, and not that I need. I mean, like excuse. go, go to Ireland to the and then have one there because then you'll, you'll start off. Yeah. Yes. In a good way. Well, because have you been to the factory? Uh, no, I haven't been to the factory. No. Oh, it's you have. Cool. Yeah. I've been to Ireland. Oh. Yeah. When I went to Dublin, oh, I, I went didn't up. Know that. I went oh. up there. It's pretty cool. I was young too. I was, I was like. 18 or 19. And you're like taking tasters. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was just like, wow, I could drink as much as I want. And it was really fun. I think I, but also we didn't have a ton of time there. So I just downed a ton of Guinness and being like 18 and not really having a lot of drinking experience. (laughs) You got got buzzed out of your And I was, I was working as a nanny at that time. So yeah, that was an interesting experience. Rut row. Rut row. It's good. It's a good source of iron, apparently, which was actually why I started doing it again because my body was telling me I needed iron. I was like, "Mm, how can I get it? And I was like, ooh, Guinness. So I did. Wow, well, this is. I started ordering Chris a dropping knowledge, <laughs> dropping the nutritional knowledge off the bat. I didn't know, that it was full of iron I didn't know that's either. what I've been told. I wow. hope it's true, but uh, yeah, uh, and it feels good. Just keep saying. You know when your when your body tells you you're doing something right. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and I actually felt that when I you know occasionally when I have one of those I'm like mm, yeah but only one. Yeah. I'll never have more than one. It's good. It's good to know your limit with that, honestly, because yeah. for for me even with. Um, Red wine, which is what I usually go to. I mean, right. it's, you know, great song. Not the UB40 version, the Neil Diamond version. <laughs> uh, not a lot of people know that. But uh, wine, right? If I have one glass, I feel great. If yeah. I go beyond one glass, yeah, yeah. I start to feel not great. Yeah. And I, and I want to, you know, you want to feel good, right? It's, it's yeah, supposed yeah. to be an enjoyable experience. Plus, but. like, the next day situation is, uh, or for me anyway, it can be quite harsh with wine. For sure. In terms of, like, head buzz, headache. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Just, like, slowness. So, <laughs> so I'm more of a hot, slow jams I'm like today. Like a hot, hard liquor kind of type dude. Yeah.
It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Jason Robel and Whitney Lordson. Quist. I was in the shower this morning and I was just repeating your name over and over again. Not in like a not in like a hypersexualized way. Not like but I was just I was no, I was I was realizing how I'm very much into the the phonetics of how things sound. Doing this podcast and and singing and, and being on a microphone a lot, I'm just into sound and the energy but and your name is so it's so pleasing, the phonetics of it quist, because it reminds me of a it reminds me of a hybrid between like uh, quench and crisp. It's almost as if like, and, and, and this is, and quick, quick, and this is tangential as hell, but I feel like a, a, a side hustle or another income stream besides your incredible music career that we'll talk about is like, you could have a sparkling beverage and just call it Quist. The, Quist. I think there is has there been one? a, yeah, that's what I'm there saying. has no. actually been a spark, yeah, 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 yeah. Named like Quist? A, a bubbly um, drink. I'm looking yeah. this up. There has You're been. kidding me. No, 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 I'm not actually. I've, I remember seeing a, a picture of, I don't think it's a, Here in the US or in Scandinavia? I'm not sure where. Oh, there look, it is. There it's it is. Quirst. Quirst. No, no, no. There's an Quist. There's an, oh, this Quist. Is a beer? Do, look to the or left. you think there's some? The, the one there on the left? Oh my God. This one right that here? Says yeah. Quist, right? It yeah. says Quirst. No, that's Q-U-I-S-T. Is Q-U-I-R-S-T. Oh, like as in thirst, like quench your thirst. Oh, oh. I, I, I remember. Maybe seeing there's another one. one. Oh, here, this one. Quist. This one right here is, is called Quist. Is. Maybe it's the same company, Dude. and they they took out the R. They're like, it's, or they added it. So I guess they agreed with your. <laughs> Dude, uh, they agreed with your. This is uh, so there. weird. I feel like you need to be getting residuals from this. I feel like there's a lawsuit coming. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think that this was <laughs> were, uh, in well, existence before I was <laughs> before you were before you were on the planet. <laughs> yeah, probably. But have you? But have you ever drank in? The Quist beverage before? Have you uh, seen? No, it I haven't. Person? No, I've never seen. I just remember seeing pictures of it many, many years ago. Now I want to know where drinkin it's drinking. A word? Dr- drunk? Dr- did I say drinking? Oh God, drankin'. I said drinking. Drinking, like, wow. like as in the crack. Release the drinking. I almost didn't question it because you're so good with words. I'm like, oh, it must be a word. I'm, I'm not as good at. It's with Detroit. Words That's as my you Detroit. Did you drinking it? Did you drinking it? That's <laughs> it's my like Detroit. You're Scrabble, and I'm calling you out. That's my Detroit. <laughs> Speaking of sparkly beverages, Quist, this is your this is your first time trying cola flavored kombucha, is it not? Uh, or is it your first time trying kombucha? Period? No, I ha- yeah, I have had kombucha before, but it's not something I've sought out uh, ever. <laughs> Even and, in Los and Angeles, not because I didn't like it, I just wasn't. I don't know what it was, but I just didn't latch on to that yeah. specific trend. Um, but uh, I enjoy it; it's good. Do this you have good. this? Is random and my this welcome to the podcast because the brain is going to just go off into a million different directions. Do you have any specific things on your tour rider or your pre-show preparatory game that we should know about? Because I know some some musicians and athletes have not superstitions per se, but they have they have very regimented things that they like to take, consume, or do. Say before a gig, mm. before a game, but going into the studio. So with you. When you have a big gig coming up, do you have any any rituals or superstitions or superstitions or things that you like, you know, that are consistent for you? Yeah, ooh, I do. Ooh, yeah, very much, very much so. So, I mean, in terms of things to consume, I, I don't have. I'm not that much of a troublemaker. I like to have whiskey, uh, but only for after, and I usually have maybe one before. When you say one, that means a shot. Uh, yeah, like a whiskey, either a straight whiskey or like a whiskey with a bit of coke and ice. Or, okay. And yeah. any particular brand of mm. whiskey? That uh, like? Jack D. I'm really middle of the road when it okay. comes to that. But I also like a good whiskey. 
but the, you know that I won't obviously put coke in it yes it tastes really, yeah. <laughs> like a really really, a really expensive japanese whiskey or like eh, i'll put a diet coke yeah, in it yeah, coke yeah. zero yeah and a, a 500 dollars <laughs> bottle of yeah. japanese whiskey it's a perfect pairing but that, as far as consuming things no i'm i'm not that much trouble when it comes to riders and stuff but i do have a, a regiment of stuff actually that i normally do before i i go on stage like or for a start you know i warm up properly mm-hmm. like i I do like ex, you know various exercises. Did you do that like today that. before you came on the podcast? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, got, well, if I was a singer, maybe I would have. So you know, if, if warming up my voice was like you know the main thing. Uh, but in recent years, I've been singing less than I was in previous years, and like it is, you know, I'm basically a guitarist. Uh, that's my main my main uh, job. And um, warming up the old fingers is something I've always done and uh, and it's part of like i think how i get into that you know centered kind of state where you're ready to give your best but you know seeing as we're on this podcast i i also uh do some mental exercises that i okay that i am um, that i do pretty religiously before i go it d- maybe depends on the gig but like anything that's like a proper show you know in front of thousands of people or, 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 you know, like a, a thing where, where you're like, okay, got to do my best here. But re- really, every, really every time, it doesn't really matter whether you're in front of 10 people, to be honest, or 10,000. But uh, I, yeah, I, I do these uh, sort of um, exercises or, or, or whatever you want to call them, where you sort of, I, I can't remember where I learned it from, actually, but it's like, you know, you ask yourself a couple of questions. It's like, you know, that sort of centers you in the moment, basically. It's um, a presence practice. Yeah, pretty much, and 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 I think what it does, it it also involves uh, visualizing what is just about to happen. And if you visualize mm-hmm. that, you know, are you are you ready to go out and like you know give give your best and like just be completely in the moment and enjoy the energy that you get and give lots of energy back. And if you've already envisioned those things in your mind, it's highly likely that it's going to then also happen in real life. You know. Um, so uh, there's a degree of visualization and then there's a degree of sort of, uh, um, just grounding yourself and like be making sure that you're completely in the moment. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, I started doing that probably six years ago or something like that. And, uh, and that has become like just a total, this is a, you know, a, a rule almost, you know, yeah. it's, it's something I do before I perform because it just, just, I just know that it's like, it makes you, it, it makes you, you know perform to the best of your ability when you're in the right mindset you know it really makes a freaking difference to everything and it obviously uh applies to ev- ev- everything in life it's not just going on stage you know going on stage is just one side and you could be doing that thing every day and every morning and every before everything you do whatever you know it's be i think being in the moment is like you know that's something to learn and it, or it's something to practice and something to get better at and um and it's always it's something that I've known and realized that I'm not very good at, actually. You know, sort mm. of, be, you know, being in the moment, I've always, always got, like, song brewing in, in a percentage of my mind or, like, a thing, you know, just, just stuff going on in your head. But it's, like, the times in life where you are 100% in the moment, those are the ones where, you know, you do great stuff and you connect in, on a profound level with people and things like that. It's funny you say that because... I actually have started doing the same thing when I go to concerts. Mm. 
like being in an audience, I find that I, I anticipate it so much. You know, you'll often buy tickets months in advance, right? And you're so excited about going yep. to see, especially if it's like an artist you love. And I noticed maybe in the past like year or two that the concerts would go by so fast. And then afterwards, it was just like this distant memory. And I, I decided to start practicing being very, very present for like every moment I could during the concert to savor it. That's awesome. Right? Because I love going to concerts so much. And I just don't want that anticipation to be a bigger high than the actual experience, right? Because I think they just, mm. you know, often concerts are like an hour or two. You know, maybe if you're seeing multiple bands on, on stage or artists on stage, it'll be even shorter depending on how long their set is. And it's just like some of my greatest memories are at concerts. And and so I don't want them to always feel like a memory. I also want to, to be super present while I'm actually there mm -hmm. and notice all the details and, and just take it all in in a deeper way. And so, so that's something that I've been practicing a lot on, on my awesome. side. So it's interesting to hear that you're doing it on your side yeah. because I think it's a it goes both ways, right? Is that the, oh, yeah. the artist needs to be very present so that the the concert goers will really have the best experience possible. But it also helps oh, for totally. concert goers to be very present and to really honor the artist and, and be there and show their enthusiasm. And you know what's interesting? Jason and I went to, we've been to a few concerts recently. We went to a concert at Red Rocks in Colorado, oh, which wow. is like one of the best venues. Nice. Yeah. Maybe on the planet, but definitely in the country. Yeah. And we didn't, we, we had, Pretty good seats. We were maybe like halfway up, but if it felt like a little farther away than I would like it to be. And I noticed something there. Plus, I've noticed this in general that if you're not super close to the stage, you tend to be amongst, you have a higher chance of being amongst people who aren't very present. And so, remember for that concert, Jason, there yeah. were like a bunch of really drunk women that were talking and yelling. Right. And here we Through are. the show. Yeah. Right. And we're, we're like, we're trying so hard be to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, Please, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting so angry. I don't know what to do right now. Yeah. It's it's hard for us, especially when you you have a level of fanaticism and connection to an artist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. where their, their music, their art has really touched you in a profound way mm -hmm. that other people aren't taking it as seriously, for lack of a better term, than you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. And you paid money and you drove, you know, 25 hours in a car to go see this yeah. band. And you're like, hey, could you just like be quiet and be present to what's happening? Yeah. But you realize that not everyone has that same level of commitment or desire to be that present. Right. Some people just go to socialize. And I, I think that's completely fine. It's just that it, it's tough when I, and I also feel like it's a little rude for me when I'm on stage at a live event speaking. Mm hmm. Nothing drives me crazier than when people are talking during my talk, because it's like, you know, it's similar to I'm sure what you go through, you you spend so much time preparing and practicing mm. and grounding yourself and, and you're on stage to give your all. And then when people are watching you, but are distracted or, or don't, don't want to give you the respect of their full presence, it's, it's actually, it throws you off a lot, mm -hmm. right? On that note, how do you feel as an artist? I don't, I don't know if you notice this at all or it triggers you when people are recording the entire show on their just, phones. I was just going to ask you because, <laughs> you know, you're saying about being present and practicing to being present at concerts. And I'm like, so that begs the question, do you record people when you're there? Because, it, you know, it's and, you know, I'm guilty of not doing it and I'm, and I'm guilty of trying to 
just be present in the moment. You know, it's, I, I, I do both, but like, it's such a thing now, isn't it? That people record and it seems like they're not, you know, they're not really being present. They're just being like a, a, a you know, a person recording, mm-hmm. like a, like a, you know, um, camera man. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I think that's interesting too. There's like a, a joke I've been seeing going around of how a lot of people do record. I would say at least half of the audience these days record on their, on their mobile devices, the concert. Right. But how often do we actually go and watch the footage? I know. Right? Like it usually just sits there on our phone. So there's not a lot of like reasoning behind it. And then the other funny thing is when you record and post on Instagram, for example, like an Instagram story, mm. does your audience really even care to watch it? Right? Because the experience is so different when you're in person. Yeah. And I think there's this like feeling of, oh, I have to capture it because I don't want to forget the experience. Mm-hmm. And I want other people to know what the experience is like. But the truth is, nobody's going to experience it the same way as they would in person. So it's almost pointless. Yeah. And thus, I've stopped recording more because right. it takes me out of the present moment. Yeah. When sure. I'm trying to take the right photo or the video clips, or po- sometimes I've like posted on Instagram while I'm there. Right. And I just thought, this is so silly. Yeah. So then I started like recording and not posting right away. And I realized my desire to post went away once I left the concert because I was no longer in that moment. So then why did I need to record in the first place? You could just go look up professional recordings or professional photos and get the same result. You don't yourself have to but take that But we feel image. like, you know, we, we've gained something extra by having that moment in our pocket. You know, it's right. like we feel like we have to own that moment in that digital form, I guess. Isn't it, it, maybe it's an interesting byproduct of our desire to consume and accrue stuff. You know, mm-hmm. not just physical items, but memories, yeah, pictures, yeah. videos. Yeah. It, it just seems that it's indicative to me of, and I don't want to even just say American culture, but because it's obviously a worldwide thing. Oh, you've, totally. you've been on tour all over the world yeah, yeah. Um, of people just wanting to have stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's this interesting part of the human psyche of, I want yeah. more stuff. I want more photos. I want more videos. Yeah. I want more memories. I And especially entertainment, you know, entertainment, podcasts, free, you know, uh, music, free. YouTube well, videos. Almost free, you know, YouTube videos. You know, most of the, the, the things that people consume nowadays are more or less free, you know, so... So it just, it fits into that as well. You go to a concert, of course, it's free for you to just like take the whole thing and take it whole back, back home right. with you. Right. It's crazy. And, well, uh, yeah. and there's a time and a place for that too, because I know there have been certain concerts where I thought, I really wish I had been there. And I was so grateful that somebody recorded it so I could just go see, see mm. what it was like, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still, you know, A, it takes away from that experience for that person and B, it just... It's all to me a con- a live concert is a feeling that you just don't get by watching it. Yeah. Even when it's professionally recorded, I've been to a few concerts that have been shared on Netflix, you know, and they've had this whole professional team and they're they've got the best quality audio and video and they're getting the close-ups and they're basically doing the the absolute best attempt at documenting it mm. but watching it on netflix is nowhere near what it feels like when you're there no because i i also mm-hmm. think like the part of the experience to me is feeling music in my body yes it's it's yeah, at, yeah. At, at whether you know whether you're in front of your amp or you have the instrument in your hand or you're at a show I, I think that there's such a physiological experience of being with music in person that to your point whitney when you're watching a netflix documentary or something like that it's not the same as you know feeling that kick drum in your chest or the mm. bass in your legs or like the tingle oh, in your ears when someone's ripping a high note on a guitar. I mean, it's such yeah, a, yeah. 
such a full body experience and the feeling of everybody around like you know that amazing moment when the band or artist first comes on stage and everyone starts cheering like the collective energy is uh that's that's something on both sides of the stage you know it's such a magical thing that i feel like is becoming more and more important a is isn't it true that artists make a good amount of their money from live performances more than like yeah, records become, or digital sales or it whatever. It has become yeah one of the one of the largest income streams for modern artists. Yeah, so the, that's cool. that's a great perk if you want to give back to your favorite artists, go see them live, mm-hmm. and then B, it gives us an opportunity to connect and and all be together mm-hmm. in a in a way that we don't get as much when we're online and watching a video on YouTube or Netflix or seeing somebody's social media. It's just it's not the same form of connection, and mm-hmm. I think we need those in person experiences more and more. And also, Jason and I have both experienced this together and separately meeting other people at these venues, right? right We've yeah. started to make fans. I mean, f- friends with other fans. Yeah, that's really cool. And too. that's that's like awesome, yeah. you know, when you can connect with somebody else that loves the music and you're there <laughs> together and then now you're bonded outside yeah. of that yeah. experience. I I've seen that happen a lot like uh, you know to to a high extent, like, you know, the, I think I mentioned I played with Brian Ferry. Yeah. Uh, Roxy Music and all that. And and he, you know, he has fans that do exactly that. He became so apparent because, I mean, I got to know, you know, a bunch of his fans. They kept on, you know, uh, sort of a, a, approaching me in all manner of situations. And they all know each other, uh, you know, and they have a they have a complete community of, of fans that stick together uh, from all over the world. And they, they know each other and they talk t- to each other. And he's the focal point, Brian Ferry. But, you know, there's a lot of other, you know, uh, there's, you know, there's plenty of other stuff that they connect over. Um, but he's obviously the, the thing that connects everybody, but it becomes a community that has its own life. I saw that so much with his fans, which was uh, pretty amazing, especially because many of them are older generations. So, so in some ways, uh, you know, they were like, they were like super devoted to that community because it, they probably didn't have a whole lot of other community to right you, do you know what i mean like yeah. you know old people in the modern world seem to have less and less connection with the mm. interestingly when you talk i want to i want to double back really quick when you're talking about artists giving away things for free quest mm-hmm. because we certainly whitney and i talk about that all the time and and just to put it out there mm-hmm. we as artists give give away especially now as we're recording this episode in 2020 mm. so much for free as you said youtube videos PDFs, all of our social media feeds, mm-hmm. uh, our blog guides, posts, our blog posts, our podcasts. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a seemingly never-ending litany of things that we do on our own time and our own dime to share mm-hmm. our hearts, share our gifts. But one thing that I think is so fascinating is that you are doing your music full time, mm-hmm. which is incredible. First of all, I like that's to me very it's grateful inc- for it, yeah. it, it. It's incredible in the sense that I know so many musicians that yes are doing full time that are that have achieved that success in their career, but so many that are incredibly talented that are not doing that are maybe having a side hustle or have a full-time job and they're trying to make their music a full-time thing. So Mm -hmm. in this age of, as we give away so much for free as artists, how have you hacked that? Like that to me, to me, I find it amazing because I've been singing for 20 years and I've been doing it on the side and doing, you know, regional tours and stuff in the bands that I've been in, but I was never, I was never yet able to translate it to a full-time thing. So I'm, I'm in admiration and awe of you doing that. And I'm, I'm curious mm, how fine. you're able to do that. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
going back to giving away stuff, you know, I've over a, a long period of time, I've been, you know, just putting out so, so much music, you know, so much stuff like, uh, you know, I have this, this, this thing that I call my jam fam, my jam, yeah. fam, jam that's family. That's what your Patreon is. is all uh, about, yeah. Right? That's, that's, yeah. that's the, the main thing that brings people to support me on Patreon, for example. And, uh, it's the main thing that, you know, has, has made my YouTube channel, you know, as successful as it is. And, and, um, I did that while I was, you know, on tour, uh, touring around the world, you know, instead of going like, you know, to bed or, or, or sitting on the tour bus and daydreaming or whatever i would just always make music and put it out so i sort of built up just i guess uh, a community that way you know just by putting out so much free stuff that you know eventually i mean i believe in karma and i you know tried to be of service to so many people that eventually something came back do you know what i mean like i i was focused on being of service with my art if, if, I mean, that's a fine word with my music, let's say, you know, I was, I was focused on being of service yeah. while I was uh, out on tour uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. And I managed to build something up that has become my thing and it's enabled me to, you know, make my own music full time now and, and be selective with, uh, you know, who I play with and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So I'm incredibly grateful for it. But yeah, going back to your point, you know, that was, I believe it's because I gave away so much stuff that eventually stuff started coming back. It's just simple karma. In terms of you know artistic capability, I, I, we talked about this on a previous episode about identity and how titles and being pigeonholed and people you know labeling us or maybe how we label ourselves in the world puts us potentially in a certain box how people view us. Mm-hmm. In in relation to that, I think some guitarists or musicians they'll be like, um, I, you know, he's a, he or she's a blues guitarist or a funk mm. guitarist or a jazz guitarist. Mm. But as I've I've dove into your musical repertoire, your skill set and the genres that you can play within and what you're able to do skill wise can't be pigeonholed. And mm-hmm. I'm curious if that was if that was a specific intention as you were learning and playing and becoming more prof- proficient. If you're like, you know what, I don't want to box myself and say to one specific genre, I want to learn all these styles. What was your what is your approach to that? Because I think it's phenomenal. Thanks. There's a couple of sides to it, but I mean. One is that it was mainly just led by passion, just, you know, being passionate about certain things at certain times. And just as a teenager, you know, I was, I got into the, you know, to rock and had my first experiences with like rock bands and like being in a rock band, being in a, like s- in a smelly basement, uh, you know, with, my, with like my friends, you know. Okay. And, 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 you know, and what music would you, I meant like, uh, uh, like, what uh, music you know, jumping you Jack Flash and, you know, like Rolling Stones or whatever, you know, it's just like rocking out and smoking cigarettes for the first time and probably getting a bit drunk. And it was in Denmark. So, we, you know, alcohol was introduced to. early. <laughs> uh, so, you know, had that whole thing, but then I got, you know, we got a bit quote unquote clever about it all and, you know, started to jazz it up a bit. And then we, and then I got into like hardcore bebop and all that sort of stuff, which was, you know, when you're young, you know, you, you like, like a challenge, don't you? Like, you know, you want to dig into stuff and do that. So I've really nerded out with jazz for a while. All the while, I've always loved blues because my dad, my, I grew up on blues. Basically, my dad was a, fed me a lot of blues from really? like, from the earliest days. So I was always doing that, like jamming with blues. What was he into? Yeah. What artists? Or- oh, Clapton. Uh, like actually, Stephen Stills. He had. A, he's not really a blues artist, but you know, he had a, you know, that kind of vibe. And yeah, he, he fed me a lot of British blues uh, explosion stuff. You know, 
And yeah, what I'm trying to say is, yeah, I uh, sort of, hang on, I'm having a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah. This is the right uh, podcast to have that yeah, happen, yeah, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I'm trying to say is, yeah, I, I digested a lot of stuff and it was by, you know, passion was the thing that led me and it was just because I was passionate about it. And then later in life, I realized that because I could do all those things, I could get quite a lot of gigs and sessions and whatnot. So mm. I could be choosy about, I get, you know, things. But it was really just passionate before that. But the other side of the coin, because you make it sound great, Jason, to have that situation. And in the other side of the coin is that it's probably prevented me from achieving certain things very much as well. Because not being able to be pigeonholed, like you say, is something that does not do you any favors in the music business. Explain, please. Meaning like you're too broad, in other words? Yeah. Well, that people, classifiable? Oh, that pe yes. Uh, uh, people don't know which shelves to put you in and then go, oh, he's right. that. I can put him in front of these people and then it'll be all be great. Yeah. Or like, you know, I mean, that's speaking from a, a, like, say a label or whatever, looking at you. But even also as an audience, you know, you might come into my world and hear me play the blues and you're like, oh, I love that vibe. And then next, next thing you know, I'm playing some weird ass jazz solo. <laughs> and you're like, what's that? I, uh, that's not that really my cup of tea. And, and you know, I, I think that's a problem that has, you know, probably kept me from getting to a certain level of like uh, commercial success in some ways because I'm, I have not been strong enough in terms of like really allowing myself to like pursue one very easily digestible thing, which I think is kind of necessary to be understood as an artist, unless you're... It's like your actual, like, uh, image, like, say, Frank Zappa, you know, is that that's his actual image that he can do all this stuff and he's managed to package it in a completely authentic kind of way. And so, what I'm saying is, I haven't, I don't feel like I've done that yet. I haven't found a way to package myself mm -hmm. in a way that fully makes it, you know, digestible to the outside world. Do you know what I mean? I do. It, sure. It's interesting because as you were riffing, Zappa was in my brain before you even said the words. Right. Okay. And, I mean, in terms of like top 40 radio play, one wouldn't think of a Frank Zappa or someone in his level of incredible creative acumen. Mm -hmm. But in terms of musicians who know Zappa's work, he's mm. lauded as one of the best. But you go up to anybody yeah. on the street like, oh, you got a Zappa record. Most people wouldn't even know Zappa's music. Myself mm -hmm. included. I'm sure I've heard it, but I don't yeah. know. Did really have one, uh, one hit song. Where the, he got his, his daughter, uh, Moon Unit, to sing on it. And it's called Valley Girl. That was his, uh, I believe, his most successful. Uh, I was going to guess it was uh, Don't Eat the Yellow Snow song. Well, no? I mean, he's got so many other songs that are more famous. Yes. But, you know, in terms of mus you know, musicians and what. I mean, got he's it. made so many songs. that. Well, it also oh. reminds me of going back to concerts. Jason and I are really big fans of Ray LaMontagne. Mm. And it's so interesting because his music has changed a lot. And he plays with a lot of different genres. He's done like country. He does a lot of folk. He does rock and roll. You well, know, like he, psychedelic stuff yep, too. Psychedelic. He, you know, and, and it's been fascinating. I, I've been to a number of his concerts. And oftentimes, especially the more recent concerts, people will be really annoyed. They're like, Right. I didn't really like it. He didn't play any of his old songs. The hits. He didn't play the hits. Yeah. yeah. And, and in my head, and he's actually said that at a couple of his concerts that I've been to. He's like, I'm not going to play Jolene or whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> the big songs are. Yeah. And and he's, you can see he's almost like irritated because he's like anticipating that people are going to be annoyed and he's yeah. trying to like set a boundary. Yeah. And I, I actually think that's really cool. And And the same thing is true with a lot of artists. You know, like I also think of Coldplay. I remember, you know, Coldplay came out and then over the years, their music has evolved so in different, different directions. Mm -hmm. And then people are like, I don't like them anymore because of their new music. And I guess like in my head, I'm thinking 
Well, why would we put them in a box and not allow somebody to evolve? Because as human mm-hmm. beings, we're always evolving. And B, if you're Don't a true me. fan, you're 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 in it not just for that particular music, but them as a person. Like yeah. for me with Raylan Montang, I just think he has an incredible voice and soul. And no matter what he does, even if I don't love it as much as some of his other music, I just I'm in it for him. Mm-hmm. And I get excited when when artists play around with with different types and sounds and all of that. So yeah, yeah, it also irritates me because I I, I actually think it's cool that you do a lot of different types I, of music. I and- think the way around it is to have authenticity, which is you know to to really truly be yourself and like put yourself out as yourself. And like you know, if you think about the Beatles, I mean, how different did they sound yes. from when they started to when they ended? Sure. But, you know, they were just so unmistakably the Beatles and, and themselves, you know, so. What do you think it was that made them unmistakably Beatle, um, despite the change in music? I, it was just that combination of, like, talents and, and personalities that just fit. I'm not going to compare Coldplay to the Beatles, but <laughs> uh, I will say that, you know, I often think of, when I think of a modern band where it's like, you know, you take four guys and you put those guys together and then there's just a, a thing about the way that they play and interact as human beings that just makes it and such a well-oiled machine right. and Coldplay have that yep. i mean whether you like them or not they they fit together as a band and then they manage to come up with stuff that's just like whoa okay that's whether you like it or not that's a well-oiled you know song and a, right. a, you know do you do you miss that quest you know in terms of obviously you have this this really wonderful jam fam and the, and the patreon and, and the music you're creating for yourself but mm-hmm. do you miss um, you know, being in a full-time band or part of that consistent family as opposed to being a solo artist? Like, what is that relationship like for you? Solo versus, you know, being in that tight-knit family for years and years? Uh, y- yes is the answer to, do I miss it? Yeah. You do? Yeah, I know. I, I, and I am working on, you know, getting getting to a point where I feel like I can I can make that happen in a good way. So I'm, I'm putting out a shit ton of music this year. And uh, so I'm kind of still focused on just uh, creating and, and making sure that there's enough out there of th- that I can make it possible for me to go out and do proper gigs and have a band family like that uh, again. Because, yeah, there's very few things that I love more than being in a band and uh, going out playing with like brothers and sisters every night. It's it's the best. You know, I'm I'm a dad now and... That's the best. But aside from that, it's it's a very close second, you know. It's like I I can't can't just I mean you've you know what I'm talking about. I, yeah. I, I miss it too. I yeah. mean I, I it's it's a, it's yeah. a, it's just a feeling and a, and a and a connection that is uh you know, if you're out with, with people that you like and, and are having a good time with that connection between you and a group of people and then, you know, the people that you're playing for is it's one of the greatest things I've experienced in life. So of course I'm going to keep on going for, you know, trying to replicate that uh, situation and, and make it even be, you know better and better. Basically. I want to ask you a, a, a deep question about, um, about fatherhood actually. Mm. So being, being a dad and obviously, you know, you lit up when you even mentioned them, right? Like I could yeah, see yeah. your face just change and light up thinking about them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Them? Do you have multiple kids? I have three. Yeah. Three. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Ha- has, how has that colored your relationship to monetizing your art? Because I think, I, at least in my mind and certainly talking to other artists, 
uh, there's there's sometimes a lot of fear around having a family because they're like, oh, it'll take away from my art and how can I support my family? And it's it's a major concern for people in, mm-hmm. in terms of maybe a limiting belief system that being an artist and raising a family is somehow not compatible. Or mm. I hear a lot of things are like, I, I need to be miserable because that makes me write good songs or stuff like that. I mean, has that added a layer of I don't know, pressure or expectation or how has that, how has that changed or not changed your relationship to your music and your business being a father and having a family? Yeah, that's a pretty great question. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I see it mainly from a positive viewpoint, which is that it has increased my focus on making stuff work. Mm. I never gave myself a B plan. I never had a B, B plan, you know, a plan B in other words. So I just worked harder and made it, did whatever I could to make things work. And it's not been easy. And also since since moving to LA, to, you know, to be perfectly honest, it's like, you know, I'm here with my wife is from Scotland. She's like, um, uh, she, you know, she's not allowed to work because she's here on a spouse visa. I'm, oh. I'm here, we're here, we're here on my artist visa. So I'm having to look after, you know, the five of us with nothing but music making. And it uh, has worked so far. Wow. And it was a big muscle actually when I left uh, this, the UK, you know, I was kind of, you know, I was touring and I was doing, you know, lots of big gigs and, and, uh, and I, you know, I, I still have been going out and doing a large, you know, large size um, work like that. But I have come to a place now where I can afford to just do my own thing. And I've been very focused on that for the last two years. And so I'm not going to lie, it's hard work. And I'm like, I'm, I can f- feel that it's a challenge, you know, but um, it's going uh, so much in the right direction right now that I'm like, how can I not continue to see what I can make of this situation? But when I reached that milestone that I was able to, you know, live off of nothing but my own input, I, that, was, that was a big moment. And I was like, okay, now you're going to fucking make something of that. Mm-hmm. So that's how I get up every morning. I try and make something I make, you know, you've got to make shit happen in the limited time that you have. And, you know. Well, even your shirt, it says, do what you love. And then it has. F the rest. <laughs> that's, that's well, I was going to say, yeah, cool. but not non-guitar players. Yeah, this is actually, yeah, shirt. I actually sell those. Yeah. No, I, I must buy it's one. one. It's, it's one of my favorite quotes from, uh, maybe you've seen Little Miss Sunshine. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. the, the, the scene towards the end where. She's, you know, the girl is like at the pageant, at the pageant yeah. and, and that, and they all join her and they like, you know, and then at some point, some characters goes like, yeah, just like saying, do what you love and fuck the rest. And it's just, such, I don't know, is that just such a powerful thing, you know, like, and, and a reminder. And I've probably taken it slightly out of context, but I try and live by that, you know, oh, I love that, that, but- that you not saying, you know, don't care about all sorts of things, but just like in your life do what you love yes. and then all the stuff that doesn't matter and it's a lot of stuff in life that we spend our time doing that does not matter mm-hmm. you know that we and i just forever trying to cut out everything that isn't necessary and by that i don't mean you know not looking after people or not not caring about your friends or whatever i just mean like you know trying to really continually be focused on like the shit that matters mm-hmm. in life and that and that's what i to answer your question that's probably the main thing that I, that's happened for me becoming a parent is like, I've realized that there's only so many hours in the day and I got to like, A, learn how to say no, which I'm still working on, but I'm getting better and better at saying no to a lot of stuff. And in order to just focus on what's going, what's the right thing to be doing and, um, and B, uh, spending your time, you know, efficiently as you possibly can, because you don't have that much time. 
Um, and do you find that, I mean, one thing that we talk a lot about on, on this podcast is social media, mm-hmm. <laughs> which can be incredible incredibly distracting in fact i know last night i know last night Amen. i blew my own mind by looking at my screen time metrics oh on my the god iPhone. yeah and I've, i hadn't yeah. looked at it in a while and it was a lot worse than i thought and it mm. was i'm so Do you care glad. to share because i'll share mine yeah because <laughs> yeah. i also had a similar experience last week last or no week er, er, early like uh, what are we uh so eight days ago and i was like oh this is bullshit like right. like my lack of awareness around how much my face is in this thing. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Now, it, was, it was interesting, though, because to piggyback on what Whitney was saying a couple weeks ago, Quist, we were on a panel for mindfulness and technology, and there right. was a gentleman there, uh, a new friend of ours, Tommy Sobel, from this company called Brick, right. who encourages people to have a healthier relationship to their devices. Amazing. And he said one woman he was coaching had an addiction to the point where she was on her phone over 11 hours a day. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's excessive. And then the next week, my statistics popped up and I was like, I think it was five hours and 11 minutes. And a I day. Went, Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. No awareness right. in my mind. And they, and they, they split hours. it up to like productivity, social yes. media, whatever. And, and yeah. some of them where you're like social media, like two and a half hours or whatever. Right. And, and you're just like, what? Yeah. How did I, what could I have been doing like in two and a half hours right. that right. might have made more of an impact? But it's just hard because the lines are so blurred with, you know, what you guys do, what I do. It's like you can see real connection and results and growth in your business and yes. all these sort of more grown up things fr- from actually interacting with this whole thing. So it's like, well, I, so there's no way that I'm not doing it. So you got to do it. But like, it's so very obvious that it's, uh, it's an addiction. It becomes an addict. I mean, I am 100% addicted to that thing. And I've, I'm just now, as we speak, learning to deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and like giving myself, for example, in January, I slipped back into allowing myself to be in bed and pick up my phone in the morning and read my emails. Oh, right. Before that was yeah. a rule that you I've, wouldn't do. Yeah, I've, yeah. And, and I stopped doing that now again. I, I, but I slipped into it in January and I was like, there's, that is a bad habit because yes. as soon as you start a day, you're like, boom, 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 all these things and you're thinking about it. And I'm just like, what? Why do you want to walk around with that in your head? And it's just because of that thing like uh, that you become addicted to it. And so it's like, oh, I haven't checked my phone in like this five hours that I've spent in bed sleeping. So I'm bound to have like, you know, X number of new patrons or emails from and it's just like dopamine hits. You know, you're like, <laughs> yes. oh, I just sold this, rec- you know, this many records or got this many patrons and then you get a dopamine hit and you know you're going to get something because it's been like five hours right. and then you like open it up and it's addiction it's like total totally clear addiction mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah, yeah and, and my and distraction my, my and distraction yeah my curiosity as a father and children now being ra- i mean children right now were are in a very different frame of mind with technology mm-hmm. than all of us were i mean mm-hmm. i i we're probably all uh, the same same generation or so. And with your children, you know, what's your frame on letting them use iPhones, iPads, computers? You know, how, how do you regulate or encourage a healthy usage for them when there's so much pressure for kids to get all of those devices younger and younger? I mean, you see like five, six-year-olds now yeah. with iPads or and iPhones. two or three-year-olds, yeah. 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 No, we, I'm, I'm, we're old school, man. You are? Yeah. What does we, that mean? My, it means that my oldest, who's the only one who has a phone who she just got for her 11th birthday. She was the last person in 
her class to get a phone. Wow. Uh, How did she deal with that? Yeah. She, she was upset. fine. She's like, yeah, I understand. She's she's pretty amazing. Not to toot my own horn, but she's she's pretty amazing. And she was like, yeah, it's okay. She understands where we come from because I've sat her down and like, you know, had kind of serious conversations with her. Not like, you know, not trying to be like too too dark about it. But, you know, for example, what was it? Maybe six months or a year ago, there was some tests that came out and like, you know, some 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 research because this is all happening now. People don't know what the what the effects are for later on. Right. But, they, yeah. but they do know that, for example, like the um, uh, self-mutilation and, and suicide rates for, uh, especially for girls, like uh, uh, in the ages of like, you know, like my daughter is about to be that kind of age, like a 14-year-old girls, uh, the, the the suicide rates and, uh, and self-mutilation rates and stuff like that have like skyrocketed since everybody phones. And, and it, it, since they're all connected, because now people don't just go to school and, you know, have that public that pressure uh, from their peer groups and stuff they now they go home the pressure's still there it's on this the, on tiktok or on whatsapp or whatever they're on together and so if somebody's getting bullied they're not getting bullied like six hours a day they're getting bullied 24 hours a day and it's and it's freaking horrendous you know so so like uh, especially for girls who i think are you know the whole group thing can get a little more catty maybe than because uh, and yeah, they were saying boys boys it's like was it porn and uh one other thing that boys are more interested in where whereas girls have more of the social the clickiness there's a clickiness all that stuff becomes a thing real quick well and plus they, they're also tend to have a lot more pressure about their appearances and that and so yeah the and comparison Insta- I mean, trap on in, these platforms instagram yeah and that's something i think so much about the whole comparison thing because i can feel i'm a grown-ass man I can feel the comparison thing happening for you. Yeah, I mean, of course, you you look at uh, like Instagram or whatever, and you're like, oh, that guy just went there and did this, and he's got you know this amazing whatever, you know. And I can feel like my emotions being tugged at and being like, you know, mm, no, I haven't got mm, this thing, and mm, I'm you know whatever, you know, all that stuff. How in the fuck is an eleven year old girl's gonna deal with with those emotions when I'm like? you know, being slightly rocked by it. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, mean, I have the tools to, to deal with it. Exactly. You know? They don't but have the tools and they're also not fully mentally developed at that totally. age. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, I'm acutely aware of that, you know, so I'm, I'm really old school with, with all that stuff. And it's only now that she's, she's not got any public, my, my oldest daughter, she's not got any public, uh, profiles, profiles anywhere of anything, you know, um, uh, but we do allow her to be on TikTok, uh, like pri- private thing with her friends, because that is literally all these they people do. do. Like they're they're making dances and singing, you know, lip syncing to things, and it's quite creative, you know. She caught some uh, some TikTok uh, stuff uh, that that she showed me, and I was like, wow, that's like hot. The, yeah. the, the, the way that they do it is it's pretty impressive. Are you um, on TikTok? Well, the thing is, uh, some a company actually approached me to. Uh, advertise TikTok on Instagram um, and I was like mm, you know I've been leaning into the whole sort of paid promotion thing Sponsorship. sponsorships yeah in general so I thought mm, well okay you know I'll do a post and get paid a bit of money so but for that I had to start a TikTok account so 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 I did and I went on it and I was like 
what am I doing here? <laughs> I was like, what are these but people doing? But you know doing? what? It's actually, there's a lot of reports coming out about how great it is for musicians. Have you seen any? Uh, like, I have seen that, yeah. I've also careers? seen the obvious, oh, sorry, the opposite um, a little bit, saying that people don't, re- I've saw some people saying that, you know, Lizzo and, and uh, Nas X, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Lil Nas X, yep. who are obviously, the, 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 I guess, the two first people that rose through, primarily through TikTok. Um, and I've heard some people say that that was kind of a, a fluke and, and that because pe- people are, people don't care really about the music on there. They just care about seeing each other dancing and, and that. So like, so they're saying that the music is not really, but I don't know, that's maybe just being negative. But I, I saw somebody say that and then they said that, that uh, Triller apparently is the new thing where, where there's more of a focus around the music. This is an app. This Triller. is an app, which Ooh, I opened called up. Triller? It's called Triller, yeah. And this is Triller. Sorry, I had to. That was it. obligatory. I'll show, Triller, it. I'll show it to you because I got, I got curious. But it, that, that thing I read about saying that TikTok is, is probably not going to be that great for musicians. It was probably written by somebody from Triller. Oh, right. So, uh, you so, check your it was a slam piece. <laughs> yeah, it was a slam probably. Piece. So I'm probably talking shit. But, but, well, because people look at this. were saying, this is oh, I've never yeah, we, seen no. this yeah. before. So, but as you can see, it's... it's, um, oh, it's, uh, it's blank screen, okay. Yeah. <laughs> great. I don't have any connection. But uh, yeah, it's very... But it's a music-focused thing. Quest? Yeah, it's very... I think it's very similar to TikTok, to be honest. When I opened it last, I was like, this looks like TikTok. It's still somebody like, you know, sort of doing a very short thing, like, (laughs) and just being like, but, but maybe it's slightly different. Check it out. It's kind of like when, when stories came about, you started with Snapchat and then like all these other platforms have stories and then, and then also live video. Like it was like Meerkat came out, which Mm, nobody ever even talks about. Periscope. Periscope, Yeah. Mm. I mean. Meerkat is remember that I think of course, that might I was have been, on it for like a week it was like the one of the first <laughs> and then Periscope and now like I don't even know if Periscope is it still being used for Twitter uh, I don't know I think it's maybe still I actually just did a, a YouTube live thing with somebody who was quite big on Periscope for a while and I asked him and it sounded like it was still going but I'm not sure I haven't I remember when it came out and then I sort of yeah went, oh, too, too busy <laughs> but then you know Facebook live kind of took over and now actually I th- I feel like TikTok Live is is becoming bigger and bigger, and so right. all these like live I'm streaming sure. platforms. And I feel like that's happening right now with these apps and all the the TikTok copycats. And yeah. who's gonna stick around the yeah. longest? Yeah. And it's interesting with Snapchat. I don't I don't use it very much. I use it like with my sister. The two of us use it as a communication pl- platform. But I don't really watch things on there. I I just rather look at Instagram stories. You yeah. Know? No, I I do it's, that too. Instagram is kind of my go-to by now in terms of like connection and stuff. And every time I go to Facebook, I realize there's a lot of stuff I'm not seeing, but I don't know, cut out Facebook uh, in terms of like in my private Facebook, which was my, you know, great connector to lots of things. But I just, I was just like, when I decided to just not look at it anymore. Right. I, uh, like about a year ago, I was like, huh, feels pretty good. <laughs> I got time to do some other stuff. Yeah. So, so you know, I'm, I've become very non, non-caring about what goes on on Facebook, and uh, and it feels uh, somewhat lovely, liberating yeah. in a way. Liberating. That was the word I was looking TikTok for. TikTok right now yeah. is what's taking up the most of my screen time, so, right? Because I've actually I use that to watch things more than any other platform, more than YouTube. Really? I barely ever watch on YouTube anymore. Wow. I don't really. I don't find Instagram as stimulating like TikTok is. So mentally stimulating because it's like guaranteed to be interesting or funny 
or educational. There's so much content. And then it's so short. It's it low investment. It's, ex- six, yeah, it's extremely seconds. short. Yeah. Um, but that's probably why I don't, because I'm like, if I want something long form, Net- Netflix, oh, Netflix, something yeah. slightly less long form, <laughs> YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. But I just never get down to the, like the. Oh yeah. It, but I think it's designed to, to be addictive. I have, um. A limit set. So every 15 minutes, my phone tells me that, you know, my time is up on TikTok. Oh, clever. And I'm, I've, but I've noticed myself, I'm so addicted that I press the ignore button and right. I have to, I have to be very present. But most days I will, I will sit there and watch TikTok for an hour straight. Wow. Right, right. Wow. Honestly, because it is so, it's so, it's, it's like my way of escaping. You know, yeah. taking a break. When I want to take a break, I'll get on TikTok and it's so satisfying. Listen, I'm, I'm so lost when it comes to that stuff. I don't even know where to start. So how, how do you, where do you, do you start with like, you, you see something on the front page and then that takes you well, in a certain direction? That's brilliant or? about it. But I think this is also the reason why it's addicting is because TikTok is basically two sections. Well, three, I guess. So there's a follow, you can follow people on there, but I never go into the follow section. Right. Unlike on Instagram, it's all about your feed and then you can mm-hmm. go into discovery. I do. It's it's the opposite on Instagram, where I'll mainly look at my feed, and every once in a while, I look at discovery. It's on TikTok. I mainly look on their discovery page, which is called the For You page, mm-hmm. and, which is kind of customized. They they basically see the trends in which the things that you're watching and liking right, right. Right, right. and sharing. Similar they'll notice that, and then they'll start to give you recommendations, right? Like YouTube does. Mm-hmm. So I don't really. Follow, like follow people necessarily. I just like to see the discovery because yeah, yeah, it yeah. works so well. Yeah. And there is a search function on TikTok, but I never search for what things. What would you search for? Like, you could search for vegan, or you could search for wellness, or, or you know right. whatever you're interested in, or you could search for a specific creator. Right. But for me, ninety plus percent of the time I spend on TikTok is in this for you page, right? Because it's so well done, and it's fascinating right the, i'm i'm just so fascinated by what i see on there because it, it what what i find most interesting about tiktok is basically it's op- it's so open it's not about celebrity right now mm-hmm. it's about your average person creating content mm-hmm. and i think that's where its power is at the moment i also think that can change very quickly just like any of the other social media platforms right but it empowers the average person no matter how old they are where they live or what they look like, mm-hmm. anybody can create content on there that can become interesting and be seen. Your chances of being seen right now on TikTok are so high, right. higher than any other platform, I think. And that so true, yeah. you can go on there and you know, you'll see somebody that's posted once or twice ever, and maybe their video got a million views, right, where you right. don't see that on Instagram or YouTube. You mm-hmm. know, it takes so mm-hmm. much time to become developed. Yeah. And so I really enjoy that, but I, I, I think it's very temporary. Are you guys on TikTok or as, uh, a, as a slightly. podcast? Or? Well, I'm, we, we have individual accounts of which mine are just goofy things with my bulldog because it's, <laughs> I, I want to do more on TikTok simply because, you know, I, I have a little bit of um, improv and stand up comedy background and weirdness that doesn't, I mean, it interjects into our other stuff, but <clears throat> I feel like TikTok is this good. <laughs> reservoir if you will for me to be like wacky yeah so i feel like that's yeah. to me if i'm going to keep using it it's just going to be me you know being being a total weirdo which i am 
Right. Um, because it's like I, you a self-expression that? and creativity on yeah. that floor from that platform that you don't really see as much on others. Yeah. yeah I'm not no, looking. and I love that. Yeah. I, I, I love that because it is funny. Yeah. And, it, and it's all awesome. And, but yeah, I think that's maybe why I'm not so attractive because I'm, I have some kind of side like that, but I, I'm, pro- I'm not very good at presenting that or, or <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, I just don't know where to start. I want to, I want to, uh, uh, there was something now I, uh, t- tangential, but we, we talked about veganism. You had a 10 year comparison post where I thought you mentioned going vegan. Is that true? Uh, you, you were I, vegan at some point. You are vegan or you mentioned something about it. Uh, yeah, I probably would have uh, mentioned that. Yeah. I'm, uh, have been vegan for quite a few years. You have. Yeah. But not actually right now. I, I'm not like what you would say, uh, hardcore f- fascist uh, vegan yeah. <laughs> or, or, or whatever. But I, I'm like, I mean, I, I never eat any animals or anything. I haven't done yeah. that for many, many years, but, uh, if I'm on tour and there's a cheese pizza, I'll take a slice for sure. That's about it. I'll, I'll have the occasional egg or cheese, uh, but I don't seek it out. But when it's yeah. there and there's nothing else, it's like a convenience, I might thing. do it. Yeah, but I'm not. Doesn't make me proud or feel good. So I am, for all intents and purposes, a vegan. Yeah, right on. Yeah, and and what's what's your whole relationship to that in terms of you know why why you chose it and and uh, how is, is your family down with that? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's funny you, funny you mentioned my family because actually it was my mother who kind of spawned the whole situation uh, because. I mean, I've been vegetarian for 11 years. Oh, right on. So I've, that's, you know, I've always been, had a, had a foot in that boat anyway. But uh, my mom got diagnosed with a, anti, uh, with a what they call um, immune, um, autoimmune uh, disease, a pretty rare one. And that was, it was actually a crazy time in my life about Three years ago, we or four years ago, maybe we were. I was meant to play the Royal Albert Hall with Brian Ferry. Oh my god! And he got so ill, like his uh, throat was like it. Make it didn't. Uh, it, he had to cancel a gig. We'd done the sound check and everything. Oh and my god! We were in oh there, and, and there was thousands of people, thousands oh. of people waiting outside the Royal Albert Hall, and then they um, they had to cancel it. Uh, I think it was fifteen or sixteen, but. Um, you know, 2015, 16. But anyway, so that didn't happen, that gig. But And my parents were in town to see the show and everything. And then, so that didn't happen. So that was kind of a downer. Um, and then the next day, my mom told her, told me that she had this autoimmune disease and she was shit scared and she cried. And like, I saw her being like proper scared the first time because it's a thing where... You, um, Lymph nodes? Actually, I shouldn't really be telling you about this because she's been a sort of weirdly secretive about it. Okay. We can uh, cut it out. I've just realized. Yeah, but yeah. well, I mean, it's uh, it's it's okay to say, you know, this, but it's like she basically went um into a, a situation where she really dug into how she could fix this situation, uh, obviously, and uh, one of the, the main thing the, the thing that seems to have the most uh success in terms of reversing or keeping it at bay is diet uh, veganism and so she you discovered know, she she went vegan or plant-based because it, of this because of that wow and i thought that's fucking great i will join you and support you and uh, like uh so that's why i did it i did went all the way to veganism was just to try and and help my mom um go through this thing and uh and and to try and you know help share res- resources and stuff like that and she came over here and i drove her up uh, north um south uh North of San Francisco, there was uh, like a get together where she took like a 10 day 
thing where she learned a bunch of stuff about veganism and just, you know, diet in general and, and all that sort of stuff. And so I, I really wanted to support her in that. And that's why I dove into it in order to throw her, you know, all the resources that I possibly could. And, and it's been a pretty great uh, thing. You know, I'm really happy that she's still doing it, you know, and, and, uh, and I'm still doing it. And I don't have any ambition of not being vegan, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm not sort of, I'm not a preachy vegan, you know, like two people. I, I, I hate the fact that vegans get the rep that they get, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's so, so freaking annoying that uh, people, because, and it's just because of the way that it makes other people feel. They immediately feel threatened because they feel, or feel judged by you or that you're like holier than now or whatever. And yeah, I believe that it's, it's the thing, you know, like Joaquin Phoenix's speech the other day. Oh yeah. How fucking cool was that? And we you know, were all yeah. just like, you could hear a pin drop in the room. We yeah. Were like, wow. Yeah. Like the what's way he going to say the, next? The way he said that and, you know, and, and, you know, the way he said about, you know, humans eating, you know, like eating, uh, acting like they own all the species and like, they're just that like, it's all about humans. It's, it's fucked up. We've gotten mm-hmm. to a fucked up place with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the way he expressed it, that was so powerful. So, you know, I believe in all of that stuff strongly, but I, you know, I don't put it, don't put that leg first when I meet people because for sure, just, you know, there's still so many people that feel threatened and feel like, um, you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, just threatened by, by, by people when, when they, and judged by people, you know, when they, when they put that sort of thing forward. And I, you know, I have enough things to, about my quirky personality to, to repel people. <laughs> I don't need veganism to be one of them. <laughs> or Add whatever. to the mix. Add yeah, the mix. yeah. But uh, yeah, but you guys are vegans. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely our individual brands, you know, with Whitney yeah. having spearheaded uh, her eco-vegan gal brand for over 10 years and, and with me doing the vegan chef thing for 15, you know, we've both been very much champions because it's affected our personal health, but mm-hmm. also our relationship to the earth and nature and animals and, mm-hmm. and all of the reasons, so. But we also didn't want to make this podcast about veganism. True. And people will ask us, that's usually one of the first questions we Is it get a vegan podcast? Right. And we're like, no. Yeah. I mean, well, we talk I mean, about it. it. Well, the thing, yeah, it yeah. can both be a good thing and a bad thing, going right. back to being pigeonholed. If you can pigeonhole yes. yourself in that, it's like, boom, you know you have an audience and you know where to put your stuff. But on the other hand, you're cutting out so many other people. And Absolutely. I feel like it comes up, it comes up organically and and it comes up when and where it wants to, but it's not it's not the sole focus because to us it's it's about it's about the kaleidoscopic journey of what it means to be human, and, right? And hence, like this beautiful conversation we're having with you. Of, let's talk it. about family and fears and identity and art and and life and being here. Yeah. And uh, I I I have a curious a curious query quest a curious query for quest. <laughs> that's gonna be the, the name. The, that's good. That's actually the name of the. That's the name of the episode. Curious query for quest. <laughs> when, yeah. when we when we met at a Patreon event uh, uh, a few months ago, mm-hmm. you were wearing a cat hat. Oh yeah, I was. Yeah. Now, my friend, does this mean that you are a cat guy? Do you have felines at home? Oh, what is your relationship oh. to the cat world? Because I know you're wearing that hat for a reason, my bro. Yeah. What's the story? Yeah, the story is actually not that profound. <laughs> come, on. Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I just, I, uh, I just, uh, you know, I like a good hat. I wear hats all the time. <laughs> and and that hat was just. And it, you notice how Jason's wearing a cat hat? He was probably oh, hoping. I anticipated you would wear your I cat was, hat. I was, and I thought we were going to have well, the I cat thought hat you might wear, wear a hat like that. And I thought, oh, well, let's not like double up and be like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but no, actually the, the real truth of that hat as well now. Is I've been trying to. I actually went to the shop in which I bought it uh, about two weeks ago, 
and said, I need a new of these. I need a, no, I need a replica of this situation because I love it, but it's, it's past its prime. Oh. And he was like, oh, man, let me look it up. Ah, this just, I don't, we don't have them anymore. I remember no. them, but we don't have them anymore. So now I'm like, ah, I can't find another. What shop was this? It was just up in like Westfield in Sherman Oaks. Oh, okay. Yeah. But did you were oh, you able like to find a, another one online or something? I think it's called Lids or something. Oh, Lids. the name of the okay. shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. That, it's so it feels yeah. so iconic simply because first meeting you had it, and it, then in so many of your jam videos, I know, you're wearing it, it, that. It's hat. become a thing. Like it's recently, like, yeah. I actually put it. I still put it on for like when I'm doing videos because people are like, you know, it's like the cat in the hat. It's iconic, dude. And the, Seriously, yeah, it's it's become a thing now where everybody's like commenting about that. the hat, and some people don't like it, but most people think it's you know hilarious because it looks like a cat is looking at you when I'm. Playing, yeah, uh, no, it's so dope. Down to, I'm looking this to play. Up. It's got to be in one of your photos. Oh, these are not and I, I, and I figured I'd ask if you if you were if you were a cat dad. I, I didn't want to assume you were a cat dad, but immediately um, upon meeting you, I'm like, I like this guy already. Yeah, I that, like him already because of his hat. Yeah, that's. Uh, I have to say, <laughs> I'm a dog man. Dog man. Okay, yeah. you have a dog at home. No, I don't because I'm allergic to dogs. But I grew up with dogs my whole life until I moved away from my parents. And when you see them on the street, you mob them, yeah? Uh, actually, I've learned that they make me have difficulty breathing. Oh, God. So therefore, Cats do or th- dogs? Th- th- both of them. So, oh, but, so, I, so I don't really, uh, I, I try to actually stay away from them. But I love dogs. And like I said, I've had dogs my whole life. I don't know why my parents did that to me, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. Looking for the iconic cat hat? Oh, It's so sick. Is. It's the best, dude. Okay, yeah, well, we'll, we'll put this in the show notes. We'll put your Instagram. <laughs> but yeah, we'll put I'm, I'm, that photo it's just in that the it's, show notes. It's like you know, I don't know. Can you say dilapidated or like it's like uh, it's it's fallen apart? Yeah, it's Aww. just past its prime. Yeah. So I'm like, get maybe you should hat. make your own for your merchandise. Uh, you funnily enough, I bought a, I bought a hat that I nearly wore today. Uh, two days ago, I bought a hat and uh, started to mess around with the top to see what I can do with it because I didn't want to, to say what it was saying. But it's really nice. So I'm actually working on getting a new hat going. But I should just put eyes on it, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah you could. Then, you could. Then, then it's the same situation. Yeah, just get a couple of sticky eyes and do, do, do. I think that's what should be happening. <laughs> Quist, you, uh, you've got some music that you're going to be uh, releasing this year. Uh, mm-hmm. On the way, and you were telling me you've got a whole a whole record of good stuff. Now, is it is this originals? Is it covers? Like, tell us about the music that's coming out, so people can dig into your new stuff. Okay, yeah, uh, actually, I have quite a few albums uh, lined up. I've sort of been brewing and not releasing for a while, so I'm, I've got quite a few different branches of what I like coming out. But um, I've got a track coming out this month on Valentine's Day, which is just uh, it's a sort of jam that I had. Uh, it's a bit hip hoppy actually. Ooh, oh. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I've got an album coming out at the end of the month, which is like loop um, improvisations that I did because of what I do on YouTube is very, it's all about improvisation. I wanted to put out some stuff that sort of connects to that world. I'm sure because I've, I stayed away from Spotify for a long time. I was just, I was always like, as somebody who makes music, I just thought it's such a, it's just not a good deal for a mm. music maker in general. So I've kind of been against it a little bit, I guess, for many years. But I finally gave in like last year and I was like, okay, everybody listens to Spotify. Anybody right. who's anybody, that, you know, people always look somebody up and go, it's like the the, the Google of music, right? Like, you, sure. you, you know, True. you either go to YouTube or you go to Spotify. So I was like, can't go on like this. I need to to put out more music and actually have it be on Spotify. So uh, I'm putting out a bunch of stuff that will, you know, it's it's also designed, like I say, to kind of bridge the gap between the the momentum that I have on YouTube and put it out in, in, into the um, 
you know, to other other parts of the music um, world or whatever. So, uh, so yeah, I'm putting out a, like a those kind of loop improvisations, which is something that I could be doing live. In fact, I'm going out tomorrow to do like a sh- just like a one man loop thing. I get booked for these um, shows sometimes to do that, and so it's so that's sort of connected to a thing I'm doing, which is that like that loop kind of situation. But yeah, I'm, I'm working on. Um, a few different albums actually and at the end of the year i'm hoping to put out one that has a proper full-on band involved Ooh. as well so uh, we'll see watch the space exciting my friend yeah, well we'll thanks, link man. to that at the show notes for the episode at wellevator.com that's w-e-l-l-e-v-a-t-r.com and there's a podcast section you can click on that and we'll link to your instagram your spotify and what's that it's oh the patreon, patreon. <laughs> why are you whispering Ooh. i was like it's <laughs> was in a flow I'm like <laughs> <laughs> Patreon and YouTube, Thanks, all these different guys. platforms. We have to link to the hat too. Hell yeah, we do. <laughs> maybe you could just ask somebody in your audience if they can make a hat. I always love it when when creators do that. They're like, is anyone in the audience capable of making artist. this? Yeah, that's... and then somebody will will produce something Dude, incredible. Someone would totally remake that hat for yeah. you. For yeah, me. actually, it's funny you say that. I should. I actually know who I could ask because I had somebody who, when I played in, I think it was Kansas City or. Maybe it was Columbus, Ohio, I can't remember. But uh, somebody came up to me and they had taken a picture that somebody had taken and made a um, a whole uh, like painting out of it. And they presented it to me. Oh, my God. When I was on tour in America, I was like, wow, thank you, guys. Not sure what to do, but I was like, wow, that's, that's really amazing. And then they proceeded to ask permission to produce a um, purse with that same image uh, on it. So they now oh. produce like a, a quist uh, image purse. They also have them like David Bowie and like all the proper celebrities, wow. but they wanted to make a, a like a, a merch item with my face on it. I was like, <laughs> sure. sure, go on. Maybe we can link to that in the <laughs> show notes. Yeah, if someone desires a quist purse. I'll, I'll uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll share I'll, that link with us. Quest. I can furnish you with that link for sure. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, it's funny. And, uh, and then, you know, maybe you can commission that person to make hats and you can sell them because you obviously sell merch. So we have to link to that too. So you're doing, I mean, the shirt too, we have to put in the show notes because yeah, that shirt is really good. These shirts, actually, this shirt is getting a little bit popular. That's probably my, I my, love my, yeah, my I actually, my I actually want to get one um, because it will... Well, let me get you one. It, it will confound people because they won't understand what that chord means and then I have to explain it. But the people that know will immediately know. Yes, yes. Like it's a that. good conversation starter. It is, very yeah. much. Yeah. Actually, I felt what you were just saying there. I felt a little bit yeah, uh, just the other day, not to like uh, make... Not to brag about what I was doing, but I was at a, ahead, I was at a friend's place uh, who uh, has a charity called Neighboring Light, uh-huh. which is amazing, and they um, recruited a bunch of people, myself included, to make sandwiches for homeless people. Oh, like, that's we, beautiful. We, we made these uh, this whole like uh, you know a bag full of like those cookies, um, chips, uh, banana, and a really well made sandwich, and like all, all these stuff, and we put put it all together f- for a few hours, and and I was wearing this shirt, and somebody was like, "What does what does that mean?" And I was like, well, this is an F chord. So it's sort of ex- and taking her food, but then she still didn't really uh, get it. So I was like, oh, have I miss? Have I like miss? No. Do you- I could t- see, I didn't even know it was an F chord, but I kind of right. assumed. But when I tell you because- it's an F chord, does it oh, resonate? Oh, for sure. Okay with it you? resonates, but it resonated before that because I just filled in the blank. Right? right, like right. it just logically makes right. sense that that's what that chord would be. Okay, so. I'm glad because uh, yeah, because yeah, so sometimes you think that 
something's super obvious or like that some something connects with other people and it ends up that it doesn't at all. <laughs> But you like, can make it an educational opportunity. Exactly. You know, you can you can tell people about music chords, but then you can also inspire them to follow their passions. Yeah. Which I no, think is really neat. Well, Dual purpose, man. Yeah. Dual purpose. That's literally what I'm trying to do. That's with, great. With, so yeah. That's awesome. So, my friend, um, I will probably be hitting you up about a uh, cat-themed band at some point and auditioning for you. I am uh, ready for you. Uh, so, just putting that out into the universe. You talked about visualizing it. I am now seeing. Because we have to undo all the damage that the movie Cats did because it was so horrifying. Did that you I feel see it? I saw enough of it to see that. What do you it was mean cr- you saw enough of I it? I saw clips online. It was oh. very cringy. We're not going to do a movie review. But anyway. I kind of like it when movies are I, cringy. It makes me want to go see them <laughs> just to see how bad they are. So I really do want to see Yeah, that. I did not see that. We're going to tip the scales. We're going to balance the scales, Quest. We're going to do it. Sounds awesome. I'd love to do something with you. Seriously. Yeah. No, we're going to figure it out, man. Well, you know, even it can be like one a one-time special event, kind of like you used to do, Jason, that school night mashup. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll I'll have to show you the school night mashup sometime. Quiz. There's there's right. deep rabbit holes, man. With deep rabbit holes, deep Is that musical on rabbit holes. Can we link to that? Um, it's on Facebook. The video is on the whole concert's Facebook on Live. Facebook, actually. Okay, got it. Yeah, we'll, we'll link like to the that. whole like two and a half hour concerts on Facebook. I'll Great. dig that up. Awesome. Well, anyway, it's there in the annals of facebook timeline with all the other stuff <laughs> and quiz thanks for being here man yeah, you're an absolute so pleasure much. total pleasure guys thank Likewise, you so much brother. enjoy the rest of your kombucha thank you yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today for show notes and more high performance resources to help you thrive go to wellevator.com that's w-e-l-l-e-v-a-t-r.com